Welcome to a talk from St. Saviour's Sunbury. We hope that it blesses you. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to St. Saviour's. My name is Ian, and I'm a member of the church here. This week at the six, we are continuing our series on things Jesus never said. And from this, Ron kindly asked me to preach on the subject, you get what you deserve, from Romans chapter six. But just before I start, and before Ron and Roe go on to pastures new, get it, pastors new? I personally wanted to thank them for everything they have done since being at St. Saviour's for the last four years. And allow me up here again to preach God's word. As for me, there's no high honour, so thank you. I can't really see you, to be fair, but <laughs> thanks. Um, I'd like to begin to... Thank you. I'll go home now. Um, I'd like to begin today by giving you a brief summary of what Romans 6 is all about. But before I do that, the scripture from Romans 6 I felt God wanted me to preach on today is the very last verse of Romans 6, which is Romans 6, verse 23. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Jesus Christ our Lord. The following three points from this scripture I wanted us to focus on today is the following. We all sin, we all will die, we all have a saviour. Okay, so the book of Romans in the New Testament is where the Apostle Paul is writing a letter to the church in Rome at around 57 AD. Paul had heard of the church in Rome, but he'd never actually been there himself, nor did any of the other apostles. Evidently, the church had been started by Jews who had come to faith during Pentecost, which is explained in Acts chapter 2. Pentecost is when the Holy Spirit of God first fell on believers after Jesus ascended back to heaven to be with the Father. As a result of this, the church in Rome grew at an alarming rate and consisted of both Jews and then Gentiles. He sent this letter to them not only to introduce himself, but also as a declaration of faith. In Romans chapter 6, Paul is telling these new believers in Christ and the whole world that Jesus is God's one and only Son, and through his death on the cross, and resurrection to life, that if we repent and put our trust in Christ, we will also be forgiven for all of our sins and we will also be raised to life when we die and have eternal life with him forever. I'd like to start by reading um, from Romans 6, verse 23 again, and then to break it down to help explain what this verse is saying to us all, and then in turn apply it to our theme of today of things Jesus never said, you get what you deserve. So Romans 6, verse 23. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Jesus Christ, our Lord. So the meaning of the following words from Romans 6, verse 23. Wages means something you earn or deserve. Or another word for wages is payment. Sin means rebellion against God or an act of transgression against a divine law. Sin is more of an attitude than an action. It can be a hostile or an apathetic response to God. There are two types of sin which the Bible refers to, which still permeates our very beings and the world we live in today. The first is our sin nature. By this I mean this sinful nature of us as human beings as a result of the fall of the human race when Adam and Eve ate from the tree in Genesis chapter 3, which is where sin first entered the world. 
The second is imputed sin, whereby on top of the sin nature we all inherited from Adam and Eve, it also refers to us breaking God's law, which are the Ten Commandments given to Moses in Exodus in the Old Testament, which I will talk about shortly. Death is a separation of life, not only a physical death, but spiritual death too. Gift is given out of love for someone, not because of what they do or have done. God, the giver of life, eternal life, experiencing God forever. We all sin, we all will die, but we all have a saviour. When people think of the Ten Commandments, they think that the only reason they were given to us by God as a holy and divine law was so that we must keep it in order that we are made right with God and in turn worthy of his love. This is wrong. None of us can keep the law. This is a trap so many of us Christians fall into and feel condemned as a result of not keeping it. If somehow we were able to keep all of the Ten Commandments, our world we live in would be a better place and we would actually be Jesus himself as Jesus was the only person who ever lived who committed no sin and could perfectly keep the law. The main reason God gave the Ten Commandments was to stir up sin, to make us realise that we need a saviour. I would like to share an analogy with you which I feel illustrates this point really well. If you can imagine a jar, a a glass jar filled up to the top with water. Right at the bottom of the jar is a black sediment of dirt. The glass jar filled with water represents us and the black sediment of dirt in the water represents sin, which I explained about earlier. Now, what happens to the dirt if you get a spoon and start stirring up the water? It comes off the bottom of the jar and becomes more visible and evident for us all to see. Like in the Ten Commandments, we're given to, um, to stir up sin, to make it more visible and evident for us all to see that we're all sinners and need a saviour. That saviour is Jesus. Everybody in this church right now, in fact, everyone who has ever lived on this earth has one thing in common as a human being. We were all born into this world as a baby and we will all die one day. It doesn't matter how healthy you are, how much sleep you get, how much plastic surgery you have, how much you keep dyeing your hair so the grey hairs don't show, whether you're rich, poor, famous or not, we all will die one day. It is inevitable for us all. Why do we all die? Why is death an inevitable part of our life here on earth? God Almighty, the creator of everything seen and unseen, who gives life to us all, is perfect and holy, and in him there is no darkness. In him there is no sin. In the beginning of creation in Genesis and Adam and Eve, there was no sin. They didn't have a sin nature. Everything in God's creation was perfect. All Adam and Eve ever knew was God and his perfection, his pure light, his perfect holiness, and in turn, that is exactly how Adam and Eve were as the first ever man and woman to ever live and be created by God. They were made in his image, and they reflected his likeness. The first time death or dying was first mentioned in the Bible, in Genesis 2, verse 16, 17, where it says this, And the Lord God commanded the man, You are free to eat from the tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. 
For when you eat from it, you will surely die. But God, out of love, love for us, gives us all free will. He gave Adam and Eve free will, but with a clear instruction of what not to do. He knew the awful effects that would occur if sin entered into the world. It would not only permeate Adam and Eve as human beings, but it would affect God's whole creation and ultimately separate us from him forever. This is where sin entered the world, after Adam and Eve rebelled against God and ate the forbidden fruit. This is where our sin nature has come from. Sin is like a virus that spread through the bloodstream of every human who has ever lived, going right back to Adam and Eve. As a result from that moment of being affected with sin, our perfect relationship with God was now broken. God can't be around sin, evil, darkness, and hatred, to name but a few. He can't be around not only our sin nature, but around us as a result of us breaking his perfect holy laws by sinning. As well as being perfect, God is always righteous and just in everything that he does. He is fully qualified as he knows all things and he's everywhere, which is what it means that saying uh, God is omniscient and omnipresent. We all deserve judgment. We are all sinners. We all deserve eternal separation from God. I'd like to use another analogy to help explain how sin separates us from God. So if you can imagine a power cable connecting God and man, when sin entered the world, that connection between us and God was cut, and as a result, that connection couldn't flow from God to man anymore. Sin represents the cut in the power line. If we sin once or a thousand times, or if it's a little or a big sin, that connection with God is still broken. But this talk is about what Jesus never said. You get what you deserve. Because of Jesus and his great love for us, we don't get what we deserve. God sent his son, Jesus, to die on the cross for each and every one of us so that we don't get what we deserve. Because God is holy and just, there is only one way we can be reconciled to God. It has to be on God's terms, and that's through the perfect sacrifice of his son, Jesus. Pure holy blood for our sin-infected blood. Romans 5, 8. But God demonstrates his love for us in this. While we were all still sinners, Christ died for us. I was going to list loads of things as examples of the horrendous things that God, through his love, has forgiven us for, but I'm pretty sure if you just read the papers every day, you'll all have some idea. Maybe it's some things that you've been exposed to in your own lives, things that you are going through right now. You are made right with God, not by keeping the Ten Commandments, as we know that isn't possible. It's by accepting God's grace, and in turn, though we fail at keeping the Ten Commandments, we look at what Jesus has done on the cross, and it makes us want to strive to be the person God created us to be. I know that's what I want to do. Grace is unmerited, unearned, and undeserved favor. We are saved by grace through faith, by believing in what Jesus has done on the cross. The Son of God came down from his heavenly glory and died a horrific death on the cross for us. 
Not when we were at our best, but our worst sinful self. We have all made mistakes, whether you are Christian or not. I could go into detail about how awful the cross was for any man, let alone God's one and only son who knew no sin. He laid his perfect life down so that we could find ours. He died so that we could live. I want you to look at the cross. There. Imagine every time a nail was banged through his hands and his feet into that blood-stained cross, that with every bang is a sin you have committed against him, and to every bang Jesus says, I love you. I've stolen. I love you. I've cursed you. I love you. I've been unfaithful to my loved one. I love you. I'm addicted to pornography. I love you. I've murdered someone. I love you. The list goes on and on, but the answer from God is always the same. I love you. Come to me and repent. I want to help you. What Jesus did on the cross is for everybody, but it's also just for you. That is how God Almighty dealt with your sin. If you were the only person on this earth that sinned against him, he still would have gone to the cross just for you. Even when he was hanging on a cross in excruciating pain, being tortured by his own creation, he didn't even say what we deserve. He said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. We all sin. We all will die. We all have a saviour. His name is Jesus Christ, the only Son of God. And he's the only way to get right with God and ensure that your eternal destination immediately after you die is heaven. I'd like to end on a clip, which was a vision about the cross given to an amazing grace-teaching preacher of our day called Joseph Prince from New Creation Church in Singapore, which I feel highlights all what we have talked about today. Even though this is an animation, some of you might find this upsetting.
God. My God. Why have you forsaken me? It's maybe time. Powerful stuff. I thought I'd go easy on you instead of showing you a clip from The Passion of the Christ. As I know some of what I have talked about tonight isn't easy to hear or to see. To end, I just want you to focus on the picture on the screen. Take a moment between you and God. Maybe there are things brought to mind right now like from a film reel, whether you would class yourself as a Christian or not. We all still sin. No one is better than anybody else. Nobody is worse than anybody else. When we stand before God one day, it's only through believing in Jesus that we will enter the kingdom of heaven. Look at the picture. No matter what you've done, God is saying... I love you, I love you, I love you. In Romans 6, Paul specifically addresses about how we should respond to God's grace in order in regards to our sin. It says in Romans um, 6, verse 14 to 15, for sin shall not be your master because you are not under law, but under grace. What then? Bless you. Shall we sin because we are not under law but under grace? By no means. I don't know about you, but for me, as I believe in Jesus and that what he has done on the cross for me, by accepting his love and grace into my life, I don't want to sin. But like us all, it still happens because our sin nature that is present in us is still there in this life, unfortunately. 
what can we do in our lives to help with all this? First and foremost is to invite Jesus into your life today and through spirit to connect with your spirit so that God's holy nature can start replacing your sin nature. Pray and ask for God's help every day. Read and meditate on his word every day. Ask be filled with his Holy Spirit every day. Tell people about Jesus. All such important things for advancing God's kingdom, so be on your guard, as the enemy won't want you to do these things to progress as a child of God. We all have a choice to make in this life. If you look up at the wonderful banner made by Kirsty Robinson of the Free Crossed, I would like to explain by using this scene displayed of Jesus on the cross in the middle of two criminals to end today. We don't know the details of what the criminals did to be executed on the cross next to Jesus, but we do know that they deserve to be there. Also, what we do know is that on the cross, Jesus got what he didn't deserve. So we didn't get what we deserved. One of the criminals realized this and believed in Jesus and in turn was going to be with him in heaven immediately after he died. But the criminal on the other side didn't believe and rejected Jesus, which echoed into all of eternity. One would be with him forever. One would be separated from him forever. It was their choice. With their free will that God gave them. A popular belief today is something called universalism. This is a twisted belief that because of God's grace and what Jesus did on the cross for everyone, it doesn't matter who you are and what you do in this life, that there'll be no consequences or judgment for our actions from this life when we die, and that we all go to heaven. This is also wrong and not biblical. If we all go to heaven when we die, why does he command us to go to the ends of the earth to tell people the good news about Jesus? Jesus never said, I have died and want you to go and sin in. Salvation and eternal life in Christ is an undeserved gift from God to us all. We can't earn it. We can't pay our debt of sin. We have to accept it through repentance and believing in Jesus. It's the only way to heaven and eternal life. It's our choice. It's up to us. We don't know what tomorrow will bring. Things Jesus never said get what you deserve. Thank you, Jesus, that we don't get what we deserve. For more information about St. Saviour's, please visit www.stsaviorsunbury.org.uk.